Amen. Please be seated. Let us turn now in our Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 26. Deuteronomy chapter 26. Deuteronomy chapter 26, and our text this evening will be the final few verses of chapter 26, verses 16 down to verse 19. The word of God reads, This day the Lord thy God hath commanded thee to do these statutes and judgments. Thou shalt therefore keep and do them with all thine heart and with all thy soul. Thou hast avouched the Lord this day to be thy God, and to walk in his ways, and to keep his statutes, and his commandments, and his judgments, and to hearken unto his voice. And the Lord hath avouched thee this day to be his peculiar people, as he hath promised thee, and that thou shouldest keep all his commandments, and to make the high above all nations which he hath made in praise and in name and in honor that thou mayest be an holy people unto the Lord thy God as he hath spoken. Amen. Our title for this message looking at these verses is the most blessed of people. The most blessed of people. What does it mean to be blessed? What does it mean to be blessed? Is it a good thing to be blessed? We may think of being blessed as being privileged. Now that may even seem like a strange question to ask. You might think, of course, of course it's a good thing to be blessed. Be privileged in some way, shape, or form. But I think in our modern culture, we almost see the blessings that we have around us. Perhaps living in a country where we can enjoy the freedom to come and to worship God without fear of persecution. That has almost become something to apologize for. We hear many people talking about certain groups having certain privileges and in society we have to readdress the balance. So it's almost been made sound like to be blessed and to be privileged in some way, shape or form is a bad thing. But surely we must see from the scriptures it is not a bad thing. Though many because regardless of your background here, regardless of the money in your account, regardless of the sin you may even struggle with here this evening, regardless of the anxieties you may be wrestling with, regardless of skin color or background or anything else, where your family come from, the most blessed, the greatest privilege that you can have here this evening is to be part of the people of God. Something we can all forget. To be part of the people of God. Some of you are blessed 
and privilege to have a two-parent home or to have been raised in a two-parent home. That doesn't always happen. Blessed to be raised in a loving home. Perhaps you had loving parents. You were blessed and privileged to have that in your life. Sure, your parents might have problems, but you have something that many people do not. Some are blessed to go to university, to have certain education and privileges that certain generations would not have. For example, I, I remember my parents telling me they, they left school when they were 12 years old. And that was pretty common in their time. I had blessings that my parents never had. It's something to be thankful for. It's something to thank God for. Each and every blessing that we have. And we can mention many, many things that you and I have as blessings. Things to be thankful for. But the greatest blessing is to be part of the people of God. The greatest blessing is to be a child of God. Knowing God. Because God himself is the greatest reward. The greatest reward is not just... You can think about not going to hell when you die. But it's God himself is the greatest reward. That is why it is such a blessing and a privilege to know God. What is better in this all this world? Can we think of all the gold, all the riches, all the fame, all the honor that this world could offer us? But it still wouldn't come close to God. You see, there's only one blessing that I've mentioned there. That will matter in 10 years, 100 years, 1,000 years from now. And that is knowing God. Because all these other blessings, they will pale in comparison. Because to know God is far greater than any other blessing that you could ever have in this world. So we're going to look at a blessed people. And we're going to look at a blessed people under three points because we're going to identify those blessed people, the most blessed people upon the face of the earth. And the first point is a blessed people who love, number one, who love God's law. Who love God's law. Verse number 16 of our text, Deuteronomy chapter 26 and verse 16. This day the Lord thy God hath commanded thee to do these statutes and judgments. Thou shalt therefore keep and do them with all thine heart and with all thy soul. So we're describing the blessing for God's people. And we're also describing who? Who's blessed? Who are those who are blessed? Above all else. How can we identify them and spot them and see them? They are those who have an affection and a love and an inclination toward the law of God. In our text, Moses is preaching. He is speaking to the people of God as they're about to cross over the Jordan River. They are about to enter into a land of milk and honey great plenty they have just experienced 40 years 
of suffering because of their sin. And they've all, a whole generation has gone. This generation is to cross over this land. To enter into this Canaan. What would happen to the love that they have for the law of God? They're being warned by Moses, among other things, the danger of idolatry. The danger of fleeing away from the God who delivered them from Egypt. The God who delivered them through the wilderness. And the God that would deliver them later through the Jordan River and bring them home to Canaan. They fell into idolatry in the wilderness. When their zeal failed them. They complained about their life in the wilderness. And they they thought about their life back in Egypt. And oh, they thought if only we had died and gone back, stayed in Egypt. And they complained about the deliverance that God had given them. Could they fall yet again into drifting from a love For God and his statutes. The thing is, Moses was warning them that they could. And time would show that they also did. Deuteronomy chapter 8. Deuteronomy chapter 8. Moses speaks and warns them. Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verses 10 to verse 14. When thou hast eaten and art full, then thou shalt bless the Lord thy God for the good land which he hath given thee. Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God in not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes which I command thee this day. Lest when thou hast eaten and art full and hast built goodly houses and dwelt therein and when thy herds and thy flocks multiply and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied and all that thou hast is multiplied then thine heart be lifted up and thou forget the Lord thy God which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage to see the danger Moses is pointing out to them you're going to go into a land of plenty and comfort compared to what you had experienced and the danger is in those moments when you're filled and satisfied you forget the God who gave those things to you isn't there a danger for all of us to do that that's why if you look through this book of Deuteronomy it seems to be constantly reminding them don't forget God don't forget his law See, the love of other things can and does come into play. And it's all about what we love. Do we love God? Do we love His law, what He commands us to do? Or will other things creep into our lives, drawing us away from our first love? The most dangerous time is when our bellies are full. And we have all that we need or seem to have all we need in this world. That's why we forget sometimes that Sodom and Gomorrah, pride, 
An abundance of idols was in her and in her daughters. Neither does she strengthen the hand of the poor and the needy. Ezekiel 16, verse 49. The most dangerous time for the believer in Jesus Christ is when we have our comforts met. And we have such a day today. We can forget the greatest blessing of all, to know God and to be known by God. How do we know that we know God? I googled this number a few months ago, but how many people in the world say that they're Christians? 2.4 billion. In the world, that's one in every three people. I wonder, do you think that one in every three people in the world are Christians? Now, if that were true, I'm sure the world would be a, a very different place from what it is. But do you think that one in three people in the entire world are Christians? And you probably know, as well as I do, that number is far too high. Many of them believe a different gospel. They believe they in some way contribute to their own salvation. And if you talk to them, they really do believe in a different Jesus. Not the one revealed in scripture. Many of them openly serve idols. There's no hint of a love for God and his law. They love their idols. They serve their idols. And those idols, yes, they may be pagan idols. But they can also be money, fame, possessions. They live for these things. They serve these things. They live for their own leisure, comfort, and think nothing of the law of God. This is why the love of the law of God is important, isn't it? God's people love God's law. What he commands us to do is something that is pleasing to the most blessed people upon the face of the earth. There are times we'll struggle with it. But above all else, we love it. We love the law, the God's law. The world may have houses and cars and riches, but we value God's law above all these things. Yes, in this world, some are hungry, some suffer, some come from broken homes. And we can be lulled into thinking the most blessed people upon this earth are rich people, people with money. And as Christians, we can forget that. You can forget that. And you think we need more, more, more possessions, more things. And there's nothing wrong with having possessions. But there's something wrong, isn't there, with serving them. Seeking satisfaction in them. It's not the rich man that is blessed. It's the one that sees their own poverty of spirit. Who mourns over his own poverty of spirit. And Jesus tells that to a group of people. Seeking. Matthew chapter 5. They're seeking physical healing. They follow after him seeking the miracles. 
And he teaches them what it truly means to be blessed. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Matthew 5 verse 3. This person sees his own poverty of spirit. They're looking to Christ. And there is riches in Christ. Greater riches than anything around us. They love Christ. And so because you love Christ. You will also love his law. Now. The big danger that we can do is treat loving God as something different to loving his law. The idea of loving the law of God in modern day Christianity, it sounds legalistic, horrible, external, a mere formality. But to follow the law of God and to love the Lord your God is not some mere outward thing. It's from the heart. As it says in our text in verse 16, thou shalt therefore keep and do them with all thine heart and with all thy soul. It's from the heart. It's from within. It's not just for man. It's from the inward man. With all our hearts, we are to love God's law. It says in Psalm 119, Psalm 119, verse 97. Psalm 119 and verse number 97. Oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day. Verse 113 from the same psalm. I hate vain thoughts, but thy law do I love. Verse 163, the same psalm again, Psalm 119. Verse 163, I hate and abhor lying. But thy law do I love. Verse 165, just after it. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. There's something that characterizes the Christian. There's something that characterizes the most blessed people upon the face of the earth. A love for the law of God. Because to love the law of God... Is to love God's character. To love his character. Who he is. What did Jesus do when he was alive? The infinite. Eternal son of God. Assumes human flesh. And he comes into this world. And what does he do? He obeys the law of God. Is he not the most loving person to ever walk upon the face of the earth? What did Jesus do? He loved the law of God perfectly because he loved his father in heaven perfectly. Now, we can summarize that law of God in the Ten Commandments, but Jesus summarized that same law in the New Testament. In this way, Matthew 22, Matthew 22, 
and verses 36 to 40. Matthew chapter 22. Verses 36 to 40. Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. In these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Jesus answers these questions and he summarizes the same law. The first four commandments summarized here. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Commandments 5 to 10. Honor thy father and thy mother all the way down to thou shalt not covet. To love thy neighbor as thyself. This is the same law. It says, on these two commandments, these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. And the law and the prophets is another way of saying, hang all the Old Testament scriptures. This is the law of God. This is what he came to fulfill. This is what he did. He loved the Lord his God perfectly. And he loved his neighbor perfectly. What did Jesus say in In John 14, 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. We, in in much of modern day Christianity, we really struggle with the idea that to love God, what does it look like? It looks like commandment keeping from the heart. Not just external. If you're just doing it externally, that's not a love for the law of God. That's doing it to be seen by other men. It's about loving him and to love his character. You see, we cannot claim to love Christ and to be one of his children if we don't love the law of God. If we don't have a love, yes, an imperfect love. If you don't have that, you do not have a love for Christ. If Christ was here before you and you have a hatred for the law of God, You would hate him. It's an astonishing thing, isn't it? There are so many people around the world that claim to love Jesus, but if they actually met him in person, they would hate him. They do hate him today. To have a love for Christ is a love for the way he lived. It is seen in obedience And these laws we speak about, they're not not burdensome. They're not burdensome. They're delightful. At the end of Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11. Verses 28 to 30. Come unto me, all ye that that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. These commandments are not burdensome. They are wonderful. They are joyful to follow in. First John chapter 5, first three verses. 
First John in chapter 5. Verse 3 of chapter 5. For this is the love of God. What is it? That we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not grievous. They're not grievous. They're not burdensome. They're wonderful. They're wonderful for the one who loves the law of God and the love of Christ. The most blessed of all people. So a blessed people who love God's law, number one, number two, who learn God's law, who learn God's law. Returning to our text, verse 17, thou hast avouched the Lord this day to be thy God and to walk in his ways and to keep his statutes and his commandments and his judgments and to hearken unto his voice thou hast a vouch that is promised or say that the Lord is thy God have, have you promised that in your heart have you said the Lord revealed in the scriptures he is my God see Yes, we need to have a love for the law of God, but we also need to learn, learn of the law of God. There are statutes and judgments and things to learn about God. None of us have reached a point in our Christian walk where we know all of these things. We need to grow. This is the day, verse 16, the Lord thy God hath commanded thee to do these statutes and judgments. Thou shalt therefore keep them and do them with all thine heart and with all thy soul. Knowledge is needed. Things, yes, we need to love what is revealed. Now, with the right attitude, we will have a hunger to learn. We're going to have a hunger. Perhaps you have not had much of an appetite to learn generally until the point you became a Christian. That happens to people. And the Lord gives you an appetite to learn these truths that God has commanded you as his people to walk in. To learn of God's law. In verse 19 of our text, and to make thee high above all nations which he hath made. In praise and in name and in honor. These are wonderful laws. That thou mayest be a holy people unto the Lord thy God. As he hath spoken. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 16. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse number 16. Verse 15 and 16. But as he which hath called you is holy... So be holy in all manner of conversations because it is written, be holy for I am holy. And Peter there is quoting from Leviticus chapter 11 verse 44. A holy people. And to be a holy people and to grow in holiness we need to learn of the law of God. 
I think what we can do and what perhaps can happen to you as a believer is you reach a point in your Christian walk and you wish not to learn anymore because you know the more you learn the greater there is the responsibility in that area which you learn. It will affect how you live. It will demand things of you. And sometimes we can shy away from that and we don't want to change. And so we don't wish to learn. We can be afraid because we know that it will cost us to follow God. It can even cost us within the visible church itself. And friends, it will cost you to, be, to walk closely with God and to learn of Him, to learn at His feet. The more closely you go, the more it will cost you. But are we willing to suffer? What does Jesus say to us in those moments? Be not afraid. I'm with thee, even unto the end of the world. How often does Jesus say to his disciples, be not afraid? Because we often are afraid. And we need not be afraid because of who is on our side. We have God. This is why we are blessed. And as we learn of him, the more we are reminded of how blessed we are. And in our lives, when we face challenges of following what God wants us to do, we taste and see more and more of how wonderful it is to walk in his footsteps. Even though it is difficult, even though it is challenging, even though... Yes, you will suffer in this world. But didn't Christ suffer? Christ suffered for following the law of God. But even in the midst of suffering, remember this. God is in control. It's also in those moments you learn of Christ. His most wonderful law and character. Do you wish to learn of Christ? There was that phrase years ago, what would Jesus do? We have the answer. The law of God. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. What is our attitude to these things? The Puritans used to talk about religion that was head, heart, and hands. We need to know things. We need to study. We need to use our minds when we come to church, when we come to worship. We don't leave our brains at the door. We must come with our minds and our hearts ready to receive the truth. But there's something even more than that. Hands. We need to apply these things to our lives. These things must affect how we live. Because unless we are learning from God and His law, we are learning from the world. Are you learning from the world? You may be a true believer in Jesus Christ. Yes, you've been learning. But you may go through a period in your walk where you drift from God. And those, maybe those good habits and practices you learned, you drift from them. And what will creep in in its place is the world, the flesh, 
And the devil wants to instruct you, wants you, the believer in Jesus Christ, to learn at the feet of the devil. See, he can't make you lose your salvation. But he wishes to teach you things which will damage your testimony before the world. To learn the things that many other people do. Hypocritical religion, where it can be a performance. Friends, learn at the feet of Christ. Learn what it means to be a blessed person. For thou hast avouched the Lord thy God this day to be thy God. This is what you have promised in your heart when you trust in Jesus. And verse 18, and the Lord has avouched thee this day to be his peculiar people. What have you promised? And look at what God has promised. We have promised to learn at his feet. We have promised in following God to be instructed by him. This goes throughout our entire lives. Even into eternity we will learn more and more things that will make us marvel and be in awe of him. There are... Sometimes I listen to uh, classical guitar music and young guitarists, when they want to improve, they will go to these people who are called maestros or people who have played the guitar for decades and a long, long time. Another word for masters. People have reached a certain level that these younger players, they want to learn from them. They want to learn these things from them. And I remember sometimes you'd see these younger players, they would be so... They feel so privileged and feel so blessed to be sitting at this person, this amazing player. And they'll say, I've been so blessed and privileged to be learning under this maestro. Don't we have a much greater privilege as believers in Jesus Christ, don't you? To learn at the feet of Jesus Christ. Yes, sir, every Sabbath day. Meeting with Christ in a very intimate, special way as we find here. But also in private devotions. When you read and meditate upon the law of God. When you pray alone in your closet when no one else can see. When you worship the Lord with your family. With your spouse. With whoever is in your house. At the feet of Christ. We learn from the one we say to him, he is our master. We are the ones to learn from him. And the Lord hath avouched and promised thee this day to be his peculiar people. Because we belong to him, a peculiar people. A purchased people. A possession. That's what it is. We belong to Jesus Christ. And that is why we're so blessed. That is why we have this honor in verse 19. This is not just for the Old Testament people. It was for them when they went into the land of Canaan. But we, by faith in Jesus Christ, are heirs. We are brought into that same family. We have the same way of salvation as Abraham. Because we're in Christ Jesus, as revealed in Galatians 3, verse 29. And our final point here this evening 
is a blessed people who declare God's law. A blessed people who declare God's law. So a blessed people who love God's law, who learn God's law. And finally, number three, who declare God's law. Verse 17, once again, thou hast avouched the Lord this day to be thy God. And it's not just our words that are important here. It's not just what we say is important. And to walk in his ways and to keep his statutes and his commandments and his judgments. And to hearken to his voice. Basically to obey his voice. Have you declared God to be thy God? And to be one who really follows, really loves, who really learns God's law is to be one who declares God's law in the way we live. Our hands, our actions. Because in living a certain way, we're really sharing the blessing and showing the blessing of following the law of God. Now, our law keeping is always poor. It's always poor. It's always falls short of the glory of God. But we do, in a, in a limited sense, fall short. We do, we do fall short. But we are to be different, aren't we, from this world? We have been changed by the Spirit of God. We will be different from this world. If we are not, what will it do to our testimony when we share the gospel and our actions, our lives may be a contradiction of that. For the person who may be saying, oh, you need to stop doing that sin, but they're living in adultery. Or perhaps getting drunk many times or whatever it may be. What does it do to a person's testimony before the world? Well, the person you're talking to will say, well, you don't believe that at all, do you? Even the world knows this. If we don't follow the truth, it harms our testimony before the world. Because the law of God, there's honor to it. There's beauty to it. There's a radiance to it. There's a truth to it. And even in this world, we can have the blessings of following God. In the world to come, fullness of that. Because the Lord is our God. The Lord is our God. If you fall into sin, we just tell the people in the world we're sharing the truth with. That it's not real. That we're not God's own possession. But we must declare with our, with our actions that he is our master. Verse 19 in our text. And to make thee high above all nations which he hath made. They were a nation. And today the Christian church is a holy nation. A royal priesthood. First Peter tells us that. And we are blessed in him. We are blessed to follow and declare this law. It's good for us in our lives. Yes, we are to follow this law of God. But it is, 
It's to honor and glorify God. It's, but it's also good for us. It's good for us. It's good for us not to covet after things that don't belong to us. It's a joyful thing to love the law of God. It's a, it's a wonderful thing. It's a beautiful thing. It says in Proverbs 14.34. Proverbs 13. 14.34. It says this. Righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Look at what we see around us. Sin is a shameful thing, and even in our nation. Our rebellion against the light of nature has reached such levels that we cannot even tell that there's two genders. We cannot even tell or we reject and fight against the idea that man is made in the image of God. It's a reproach. It's a shame. But righteousness exalts a nation. You can see this in the past. There's times when our own nation here fought for noble and moral things. And we look back and thank God for those times. We thank God for when brave soldiers with courage. No, our nations were not perfect. But they, they fought for moral things. But sin drags down nations, communities into squalor. And we see it all around us. Friends, the most wonderful thing to do in this world is to declare and share the law of God. See, modern man will reject the law of God. He will say, well, the Sabbath day, that is no more. We need to get rid of that. But we need to, in our lives, our testimonies, you go to work on a Monday morning and they ask you, what did you do yesterday? I went to worship in the house of God. Did you see the match? Nope. I keep the Sabbath day. What a wonderful opportunity it is to, to share your faith with someone because you, on a Monday, get to talk about keeping the Sabbath day. It points toward Jesus. No, we're not saying it's about us. We're saying we're the most blessed people to have this law, to follow in the Lord's footsteps and to have Christ's righteousness to clothe us in Psalm 1, verses 1 to 3. Psalm 1, verses 1 to 3. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. And his leaf shall not wither. And whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Psalm 1 really speaks about the blessed man, Jesus Christ. But 
It's a blessed thing for a man to reject wickedness. For a man, woman, or child to reject wickedness. It's a blessed thing for a man, woman, or child to delight in the law of God. And when that happens, you will prosper. The world won't think that you're prospering. The world will maybe even feel sorry for you. The world won't understand. But we are still the most blessed of all people. The world will think it's miserable. But Jesus came unto his own. They didn't understand the minor. And his own received him not. Do you see this evening, dear friends, that you are the most blessed people on earth? You're most blessed people on earth because you've got the Lord's instructions. You've got the truth. You've got the light to shine in a dark place. And that light is comforting. If all the lights go out and you can't see and you're traveling, it's not very comforting, is it? But here is light to point you in the direction that you need to go. And it's the Lord's law. Meditate upon it. Saturate your minds with it. Love it. We don't love the law of God these days. We, we think negatively about it. But the law of God, properly understood, man's laws are horrible and oppressive that are added onto the law of God. Don't mistake it for that. But God's law is wonderful, delightful. God's law for your marriages is wonderful and delightful. God's law for your life is wonderful and delightful because, and if we don't really believe this, you're not really going to think heaven is wonderful, are you? Heaven, the will of heaven, is a place of no sin where God's, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Heaven is a blessed, wonderful, joyful place because the law of God is followed perfectly. So friends, do you hide this law in your hearts? The Ten Commandments. Go through the Ten Commandments. Exodus 20. Read through it. Think about what does it mean? What does the first commandment speak about? Shall have no to gods before me. Do I have idols in my life? Do I have things that are standing between me and God? The second commandment. What does that mean? How you approach God in worship. The fourth commandment. All these things. We have so much to learn. We have so much to love and appreciate about God. And we are so, so, so blessed that God has given this to us. Let us meditate upon these things. Let us glorify our Savior. Let us praise our God this evening.